Welcome to the Christian Music Industry Podcast, powered by ChristianMusicMarketing.com. We are here to help Christian musicians, songwriters, and artists connect with one another, learn from one another, and to pull back the curtain to give you a behind-the-scenes look at the Christian music industry. Let's get started. Hey, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. And today we are doing uh, episode three of the coaching sessions and today i have norden pass with me and uh they are two guys and they are both on here which is awesome uh because then you guys can both you know discuss uh or ask questions or um yeah share your insights and thoughts as well so we have micah and twaka on the call so yeah i'll maybe have you guys just share a little bit about the group how you guys formed and also if you have anything uh, you want to share about yourself like individually totally um well hey y'all uh twaka and i are glad to be here uh Twak and I met in college. Um, we both grew up uh, in, in missionary families abroad. And so when we met in college choir, we had uh, mutual friends that were like, you guys got to like know each other. So we kind of met and uh, it was pretty quick before uh, we had a, a local church asking us to help with their, their worship ministry. And we had another friend that kind of got us plugged in at a church. And we started started doing ministry there together. Um, became fast friends. And before we knew it, we recognized not only do we have a lot of similar experiences um, growing up, Mm. but also we had a passion for writing music for the church to sing. And that's when, when the idea for uh, becoming a band, a music ministry kind of erupted, both of our, our parents would spread the gospel through vessels of teaching because they're kind of both pastors and, and teachers um, but we feel like God's given us a gift to use the vessel of storytelling and music. So that was kind of our vision from the get-go. Um, That's awesome. And that was almost six years ago. So we're still going, which is really cool. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was cool because when I, um, I think the first time I, I I had a conversation with Micah, he said that he actually grew up in Cote d'Ivoire, which is like a neighboring country to Liberia. And I was like, oh, cool. Oh, wow. We're going to be friends. And then I learned that he also did music at that time. He had like a whole um, EP from from high school that he had done. He was writing music. And in South Dakota, there wasn't a lot of people who were writing music. So it was just a connection from there right away. And we were, as Micah said, we were blessed to be able to lead music together for about three years at a local church in Sioux Falls while we're in college. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Six years. I mean, that's a long time for any band <laughs> to <laughs> stay together. So, well, it's good that we like each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, what is on your mind today? Yeah. Um, I'll dive a little bit into it. Um, for us, mo- more recently, uh, over the last last two years or so, a year and a half, I would say that our band, Norton Pass, has gone through maybe a stage that's not, not um, as common with other bands in the, in the sense that we are geographically separated. Um, Tuaka is, is currently living in the Nashville area, the greater Nashville area. And uh, I'm, I'm in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. um, And and we're both feeling passionate about the idea of, of doing music and, and using our gift and uh, 
But we also recognize that that can be a challenge, both because there's a geographical distance, but also you have to be together to do music oftentimes. So mm. we're, um, we're wanting to be consistent with it, but also asking how can we best do that given that um, circumstance? Yeah, That's kind uh, of from 3,000 meters up. But <laughs> I'll just pick it back off of what Mike is saying. Um, yeah, we, our situation is a bit unique. Um, and, um, we're in completely different areas, but we, we still want to be doing music and we, we're, I guess our, one of our biggest concerns right now is how do we continue to do music? How do we continue to stay up to date on social media? It's so important in everything that you're doing right now. How do we, um, continue to put out engaging contents that keep our listeners and the community that we've built from when we were together in college, um, because our biggest listening audience is in South Dakota, where we grew up and the people, our, our friends and families there. How do we continue to keep those people um, engaged until the next release? <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I think, you know, in a lot of ways, uh, just the whole pandemic, you know, COVID has really, I think, opened everybody's eyes on how much you could do remotely, you know, where you're not face to face in close proximity with people. So, you know, so many companies now uh, hire remote employees, just like uh, globally, you know, people uh, are getting hired like overseas for companies in the U.S., I think the part that's probably the most tricky is the recording aspect and like shooting videos together and things like that. Um, so when you guys were talking about this, immediately my mind went to long distance relationships. You know, <laughs> like if you think about <laughs> like boyfriend and girlfriend relationships that are long distance, I mean, you have to be a little bit more intentional about um, just continuing to grow in that relationship. And there's a lot you could do, you know, even like long distance. Um, and I think the intentionality comes in where maybe you really schedule out and like plan out uh, what I would call like content days. So I don't know what would be feasible, but, you know, maybe it's like once a month, uh, you guys like meet up in one location, whether it's Nashville or, um, or maybe it's like halfway somewhere, that's really a cool spot or something. And you just spend a day creating content together, you know, whether it's for social media, uh, and sometimes, you know, maybe it's just to do, uh, vocals in the studio and things like that. Uh, so like that's stuff that you can't really do virtually as well. Yeah. So I would try to do that like on a regular basis. Maybe it's, you know, every two months or three months, but you could really cram a lot into just a full day or one to two full days. Uh, I've done a lot of video shoots where like I would have the artists fly in from their state or even like from Canada and we would do like a full day of videos and we would be able to use that for a long time, you know? So I think um, that's where you really want to be intentional and like plan things out. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I think there's a lot you could do virtually and uh, still like feel like you guys are collaborating and you're both really like adding value to Northern Pass uh, equally too. Cause I think sometimes that could be uh, 
that could create tension in a band where maybe somebody feels like the other person isn't contributing as much, you know, and especially if it's uh, a remote, the virtual team. Um, but yeah, with you guys that you're, you don't have like two people in one city and then one person in a different city. So it's a little bit easier <laughs> to feel like you're both like contributing. Um, so yeah. What are your thoughts? I think we, we explore the idea of like creating content, um, but separately. So like doing covers, but yeah. then it kind of felt like it's like a, it kind of felt like a, a, I felt like a separation where it's just like, it's Micah's um, content and then it's Tuaka's content. Mm-hmm. So I think for, for that, it's, it's like, like what you're saying, getting a, for us to be able to be together and shoot content is so 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 much more important for like the, to to keep that you know that unity as a as a band as opposed yeah. to doing it separately. So that's something that we definitely need to and we can be more intentional, improve, um, improve on for sure. Yeah, I guess wisdom. What are your thoughts on if we were to do individualized um, content from him being in Nashville and I, I'm being in Sioux Falls? Um, if we have our own voice, would you would you shoot for him to be Tuaka and me to be Micah and bring our own flavor to it, or would you would you want us to more have like a a single vision that's us con- together? Yeah, I think social media content wise, you guys can shoot your own videos and yeah, show like your personality and your day in the life and you know things like that, things that are like more unique to you because I think that adds uh, even a little bit more uh, excitement when people are looking at your content to be able to see like two different people sharing content, uh, and then when it's more like performing a song and things like that you guys do it together and i think even virtually you could do do a lot of things that are more like instagram live or um i don't know if you guys do like youtube live or you know facebook live or tiktok live all the lives (laughs) that are are available you know because then you can both talk on a live together and like have a conversation about even what you guys are doing and people can see you guys interact in a live situation where you could be hundreds of miles apart yeah Yeah, I think like going back to the point about um, just keeping um, our following engaged and our community engaged until the next release, we we've noticed that after we have so much momentum building up to a release, and we are we're together, we're shooting content, but then we notice that after after that release and all the content that we have for that song, because we're not together and we're not able to like just run to a piano and like whip out a quick cover or just you know hang out and and have something like that um for content we we noticed that it's just like a you know it's like uh a declining in 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 content until the next release and then we start like throwing hints for another song it's almost it's almost like a bear (laughs) that goes into hibernation right and then like he's awake for a bit and it's like well the the bear's still alive it's just that yeah there was a hibernation moment you know yeah, yeah, so so that's definitely definitely a challenge for us as far as um being in a different um location. Um I know I used to go to Sioux Falls a lot more like 
a year ago, I used to be in Sioux Falls. So Micah and I used had the opportunity to meet like at least once a, like every month. But now I don't go back as often. So it's it's a little tricky scheduling yeah. that with with my job here and and everything. Yeah. Uh, the other thing too, with covers, I think you can do a lot of creative things, uh, where you guys shoot your own video, but you sync it up to, you know, a song. Basically, um, if you have a click track and one of you are playing your instrument and then the neck, the, you, so one of you does like your part for the whole song and then sends it to the other person. And yeah. then the other person syncs it up to that version of it and you could even get other you know musicians or vocalists involved too uh you see a lot of those kind of videos where it's like different people or even the same person on multiple frames in the video so yeah, yeah i think even doing covers like that could definitely work you know with you guys so yeah um do you guys have, as far as uh, keep, keeping people engaged, do you guys have like an email list or like a text list? Yeah, um, we don't have a text list, but an email list has been actually really helpful for us that we've been able to accumulate ever since our, uh, we did a CD, our first album back in 2017. And I remember we even had had a, a notepad there and, and people really resonated from there. And um, we've been able to continually grow that as we do shows people actually i'm finding are are very um open to wanting to hear information um after we um have our set and we stick around and interact at, at a merch table or just um go out and seek people they're really um open to signing up and, and giving us an email so they can stay connected yeah. so that's been really cool and something we've been utilizing um primarily when we when we get closer to a release though yes. that's that that's the that's the thing <laughs> that's the thing yeah i think district kid has the 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 feature too where it's like they people can pre-save and then you get their email so we have yeah. a collection from that from district kid as well as what michael was talking about so again it's just being able to keep them updated with the things that we're doing when it's not a release yeah so when you guys do send out emails, how frequently are you sending an email? When it comes down to like, as we, we gauge closer to a release, it'll probably be um, probably a couple times a week building up to it, maybe twice. Um, it's, yeah. it's that, that tender spot of like, you want to communicate to them, but not let them be like, I won't open that because I got... Something from them yesterday, you know. Subscribe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So my general rule of thumb that I recommend is sending an email once a week or once every other week to your list because then it doesn't feel like oh they just want me to do something for them. You know, they they're trying to get something out of me. Versus if somebody's on your email list, you want to make it feel like you're adding value to them versus you're asking them to do something. And so when you do have a release, then they're a lot more interested and not a lot more, you know, it just feels like a relationship that's ongoing and they get to be a part of this journey that you're on. Uh, but obviously you have to have that uh, something that you're offering to them on a regular basis that would uh, be valuable to them and make it worth them opening the email 
So I think that's worth, you know, talking through like what is a good email marketing strategy for you that would be sustainable where you can send out an email every other week or every week. And maybe do you, either of you like love writing more than the other person or? I would would say Micah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, maybe that's something that you're in charge of, you know, and you just have it scheduled as a recurring task, you know, in whatever uh, task system you use. And you, you could even just like write out, you know, a month's worth of emails and just schedule it out for the month, you know, using your uh, email marketing software. Uh, But I think, if you are able to do that, you're going to see more consistency in people that are opening it and responding to it, engaging with it. And then also if people join your list, you know, they're not waiting a long time to hear from you, (laughs) you know, Uh, they hear from you on a regular basis right away. Uh, That's, I think that's the biggest thing that hurts artists with email marketing is when somebody joins, but then they don't hear from you for a couple months. And then by the time you send an email, they don't even remember that they signed up, you know, to your email list. So, and you want to also have like digital ways that you're capturing emails on a regular basis. So it's not just live events, but through the website, maybe you you're giving away something to them in exchange for their email so that you can continue to just grow your email list uh, organically. Uh, no matter, you know, whether you're doing live events or not. Yeah, that's good. Hey guys, Amanda here. I wanted to invite you to check out the Christian Artist Academy. If you go to christianartistacademy.com, it's a comprehensive course for independent Christian artists and churches covering important topics uh, such as publishing, marketing, songwriting, touring, crowdfunding, publicity, and much more. It's actually 20 courses bundled into one. The Christian Artist Academy will help you reach a larger audience with your music. Uh, It will help you gain clarity around your calling and vision, create a smart release strategy. Uh, You will learn how to effectively navigate the Christian music industry and exponentially grow in your understanding of how the industry works. You can head over to christianartistacademy.com to learn more and access the course today. Now back to the show. Well, what other questions or thoughts do you have? Yeah. Um, as Twark and I talk, um, something we realize and recognize is that, um, we don't want to stop doing music anytime soon, but we also recognize that being independent and being, being okay with being independent, um, requires for us to seek about sustainable ways to do that. And something we really value, um, is seeking quality with what we do release, um, but also wanting it to be sustainable long-term. So how would you, um, I mean, guide us in in that conversation? Is it more of like, uh, what is the biggest pain point? Is it more financially, the investment that goes into it? Yes. So financially, um, being independent and being able to continue to be able to afford um, funding, like production and marketing at, at a very high level to maintain like what we set out to do. Yeah. Uh, are you guys set up as like an LLC, uh, like as a business? No, not, not no, yet. we're not. No. 
So, okay. So <laughs> this is a great conversation. So <laughs> the money th that comes in through DistroKid and PROs, like how does that get split up? How is that handled? Whatever money we've ever gotten, it just goes straight back into production. Okay. So you put it into like one of your personal accounts and then pay the producer? Yes. If we had money from um, from like an online streaming site, we would just take it, like um, withdraw it and have it straight back into like the producer or marketing or whatever it is for the okay. Cool. So what I would recommend uh, for a lot of different reasons is to set up like an LLC and you guys can both be, you know, owners of it, set up a separate account, a business account. And a lot of banks have like free business checking accounts uh, and link that to DistroKid and every other place that sends you money for whatever. And then that way, when you do hire a producer or, you know, do any kind of business related stuff, you can um, actually write that off as an expense. And that really helps. Um, and then also, if there's, uh, like, do you guys ever do, like, crowdfunding? We have, not, we have originally, when we did our first, our first album in 2017, we, there was a couple churches that we were, we had connections with that helped us help support that initial thing. But we oh. have not more recently done a crowdfunding, no. Okay. Yeah, so if you ever do crowdfunding or you maybe even approach somebody to help fund a project, more of a private investor type person, um, it's better to have like a legit business set up for that scenario too. So if you're you know wanting to do this long term, uh, that would be a highly recommended approach. Uh, if you talk to you know music attorneys or you know. CPAs that handle music uh, businesses or like artists accounts and taxes, they'll all recommend like you have a separate account, even if you're a solo artist, really, you should be doing it that way. But especially with you guys, you know, uh, being two different people that are involved in under, you know, the same thing, it's always good to have like a separate business that everything goes to and it's it flows through, you know, that account. Uh, it makes it really cleaner that way. Um, and then also, uh, it gives you the benefit of like being able to expense things, you know, like if you are literally like driving to the studio, you can write that off as, you know, mileage for the business. Mm -hmm. So there's like benefits to that. Um, and then, uh, you could also, Potentially, you know, like, I, I don't know if, okay, I'm not recommending this, but some people do this and they will get, go get like a business loan for their music mm. and you can get that from a bank or whatever, but you have to have like a business to be able to do that. So, yeah. Uh, so I would definitely set that up. And then are you guys set up on, uh, like, how is your publishing administration set up? I think for the songs that we we write, um, just Micah and I, we just do it. Um, I think we just do like an even split 50-50 on okay. District Hit. 
And then do you guys have like a administrator for your publishing or do you have like um, yourself registered with BMI or ASCAP? To be honest, we haven't even done that. No. Okay. That this is, I'm we're glad, glad we're, we're here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad we're talking. Uh, so uh, there are organizations out there that, like businesses that help with your publishing administration, because if you don't have things set up on the publishing side, then you're leaving money on the table and you don't even know it. So you could either do it on your own or you could work with somebody that admins your publishing. Uh, so a big one that probably a lot of people have heard of is song trust. And there's pros and cons to like going with a big company like that, where they just take everybody, you know, that signs up and pays like the setup fee. Uh, and basically admin companies are there to help collect your royalties, your yeah. publishing royalties. Um, so they take like a fee, you know, it's normally a percentage. Yeah. Uh, or if you do it on your own, uh, you can go and register with the PRO, Performance Rights Organization, like a BMI, ASCAP. And when you register, you want to register both as a songwriter and as a publisher. So one thing also you could do is uh, basically create a publish pub publishing company under Norton Pass. And that way you have one publisher and whatever uh, is paid out to the publisher goes into that business account. And then whatever is paid out to the songwriter, it goes into your personal account. So that's a clean way to do it. Um, and then you also want to uh, get set up on the M MLC. So they collect mechanical royalties for you. So uh, the, when you sign up and like release music through DistroKid, they don't actually collect mechanical royalties. That gets paid out to the MLC and they're a nonprofit that just formed like a few years ago and they pay out all the royalties for that. So if you haven't done that, you're, you probably have money out there <laughs> waiting to be paid out. Uh, and that there's a certain number of years after like they just kind of release the money and you know, they don't, uh, try anymore to find you or anything so that's another place and then the another place that you want to make sure you're registered at is the sound exchange so um yeah my recommendation will be bmi or ascap and then the mlc and the sound exchange so that covers a lot of uh or most of like your us publishing and you know and master royalties uh, the benefit of going with an admin company is that they also collect uh, globally too. And you want to make sure like they do collect globally, whoever you go with. And that way, if there is a lot of like international usage of your songs, that's also being collected too. So as far as like, you know, being able to sustain financially, you all <laughs> you first want to make sure you're collecting all the money <laughs> that's out there waiting for you. So, <laughs> yeah. so that would be the first step. Uh, and then the other thing you could look at is using a platform like uh, Patreon, where have you guys heard of Patreon? Yes. Uh, have you guys talked about using it at all? We've talked about it. Um, nothing's no, nothing's gotten to the road yet though. Yeah. So, 
uh, sounds like, you know, where you guys are at, uh, you probably want to have some kind of way that people are helping fund your projects too. So one would be Patreon where, you know, you're giving things on a regular basis to them and then they're part of this like subscription model basically. So it could be like $5 all the way to hundreds of dollars per month. Um, and you could have different tiers of it, but you have to like put in the work to make it really worthwhile for people. So that's almost like, you know, having like a part-time job in a way, because you have to be constantly like creating new content mm -hmm. and engaging with them. Uh, you could do a lot of things in, in your Patreon program, like uh, live streams and giving away uh, exclusive, like early access to songs or acoustic versions. You know, you could do a lot of different things. You could even do like songwriting sessions with people. Uh, if you know, whatever you're really, passionate about and like you feel like you can sustain you know you can offer those kind of things and if you if you feel like people would find that valuable so that would be one way and then the other thing is um using something like kickstarter to help crowdfund per project um or another option would be approaching like a private investor type person or like you know somebody that's a wealthy, like retired person that really believes in your music, you know, because uh, there there are a lot of people out there that are Christians that maybe you know they're retired and they're sitting on all this money and they want it to go to good use and they want to support uh, Christian art and things like that. So uh, you you may have people you know that you know in your circles that you could approach with that. Um, and then the other at way to approach it too is you mentioned like churches earlier, you could provide something to churches, whether it's like worship, uh, teams, like maybe you're providing something to the worship team. Maybe you have churches almost on this like subscription, an annual subscription where they give to your ministry, you know, X amount per month or per year. And you commit to coming out and, you know, leading worship for their, their congregation, you know, once every quarter or whatever, or doing even like workshops with them. So uh, I think there's a lot of creative ways to engage your community, like your, the people that you know, uh, and helping fund your projects where it's not all, you know, the weight isn't all on you. Uh, so, and I, I don't think there's, uh, it, there's nothing wrong with doing it that way either where you're self-funding everything but if you guys are at a place where you feel like okay we need some additional resources i think those are good things to you know really like think through and um and really when you have uh music that you know you're putting out and you're putting you're like financially investing a lot into it um you want to have a, a business plan too so that you can approach somebody like a you know retired biz Christian business person and say here's our business plan for Norton Pass and uh, would you be willing to invest into this you know hmm. those are really really good those are really good oh well wow time has flown by <laughs> but uh, do you have any like one last question that's like burning you want to ask yes um. So how do we, what would you say is the most effective way to 
build our audience from like the, our friends and family and from Sioux Falls and just have more people listening because they like the music and not because they know us. Mm, yeah. So this is a, a very, very quick version of this. The, but the way like I think about marketing and uh, growing your fan base and things like that is you basically want to go from reaching the crowd into then like converting those to um, the consumer and then to a community. Mm -hmm. So when you reach a crowd and you're trying to reach a crowd, it's really about brand awareness and like creating brand awareness online and in person and things like that. So you're trying to really reach as many people as possible at that point. Um, and that's, you know, with content on social media, that could be with music that you have on DSPs like Spotify. Uh, but that's more of like a broader, um, reach. And so you want to really like work on that. Um, so that there is awareness about who you are. Like people have heard of Norton Pass. And then you want to get to the next level with people and really target out of all those people, target your ideal fan base, like people that you feel like are going to really engage with your music and they are going to support you know, your music and they're going to like add your music to their playlist, tell people about your music. Uh, so that's what I would call the consumer. And at that level, you're being more uh, specific in your targeting with your messaging, uh, with your ads, playlists, so that you can reach those those type of people. Um, so that could be done in a lot of different strategies. And then from there, the really like um, the end goal is to get people into your community. And that's where like the email list, SMS list comes into play. And, uh, you want to really like cultivate this community where they feel like they're a part of something. They're a part of something like beyond just even you guys, you know, where they feel like I'm a part of this community I get to engage with and, uh, learn from and contribute to. So I think the long-term, you know, approach and like strategy should be, how do we build a community around Norton Pass? Um, but in the short term, how do we reach the masses? Like, how do we reach the crowd? And then how do we reach the consumer? And then how do we convert them into a community? Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I know uh, those are like very big picture things, um, but I hope that helps you start to like think about, you know, how do we go about this? And uh, especially like having some foundational things in place. And then I think even just like praying and asking God to bring the right people to help you, you know, really like go after your vision. Sure. So, well, thank you guys so much for being on the podcast and spending the time with me. Uh, and I'm excited to see where this takes you and see you guys like implement some of this stuff. Awesome. Thanks for having us, Wisdom. Thank you for listening to the Christian Music Industry Podcast, powered by Christian Music Marketing. To find out how we can partner with you to increase your impact and influence with integrity, please visit our website, christianmusicmarketing.com, or check us out on Instagram at christianmusicmarketing. See you next time.